This week is episode 32 of the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. And the biggest topic we're talking about today is Anchor, the app that we use to record this show, is rolling out a scaled version of sponsorship for everyone who creates on the platform. So uh, at the end of the episode or the beginning of the episode, I don't know, I haven't done it yet, but there might or may not be some experimentation with us talking about sponsorship, but we pivot this conversation into talking about some of the companies we'd love to see uh, sponsor the show. We'd love to hear from you as well if you have any interesting ideas. Uh, We're also talking about Founders Live Seattle winner from Thursday, November 29th, Earshot, who's uh, providing some great technologies in the classroom for teachers to help with their communication style. We're also talking about Bird Scooters launching out a business opportunity for people to be managing their own scooter fleets around cities. I wish we had these things in Seattle, uh, but please let us know what you think. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 32 of Catching Up. Please enjoy the show. Nick Hughes, good morning. It is episode 32 of podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, Connor. How are you? Ah, fantastic. Um, I know you probably are a little tired today because you had a big (laughs) event yesterday, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, we had our latest Founders Live Seattle event. Uh, That It it was just awesome, man. I didn't see you there. What's up? Dude, I've been so busy, man. I've been shooting videos late at night for all of my clients. I am just, (laughs) yeah, just didn't, I got to prioritize the money. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I understand <laughs> I'm that. sorry I couldn't make it though. It's uh, uh, dude, it was it was awesome. It was uh, we were at Hard Rock Cafe in Seattle. Um, I mean, it was probably one of our biggest. It was just packed house, and um, it was awesome. So yeah, just coming off that, and um, that was our last event here for the year. Um, and then our next event will be in end of January. So there's about a two month break. Like, oh, shoot, you know, it's like it's going to be two months before we have our next event. But um, it was really, really fun. Yeah. And that'll give you some time to kind of like wrap your head around things, do some planning for next year. Uh, yeah, with all it. the different cities you have. Uh, I, I expect that it'll be a good thing. Uh, before we go and talk about the winner, though, how was uh, I know we took a week off. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. It was nice to take the break. And I uh, went over and just hung with my family. And just like, you know, kind of unplugged for a couple of days and uh, definitely watched some some football and, you know, just hung out with family. I hadn't seen them in a while and it was nice to just get away for a while. How about you? Yeah, uh, I went to Sandpoint, Idaho to go see my family. It was the first time I've had Thanksgiving with my entire immediate family uh, in years. Oh, wow. And so it was cool just to get all five of my siblings together, including my parents, uh, one of my brothers has a son, so to get my nephew in the same room, and then everyone's significant others, including my fiance. Uh, I, I I don't think all of us have ever been in the same room before, so that was kind of cool to really? uh, get that all going. Yeah, just because significant others are all like within the last uh, two years with some of them, and so fantastic time uh, in a little mountain town of Sandpoint, Idaho. Didn't really do a ton. Uh, expect except spend some quality time. I watched that Tiger versus Phil Mickelson golf dude, tournament. Dude, I did too. Let's 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 talk about that for a second. What were your thoughts on that? I I it started off really good. 
and like the the first hour leading up to it, my expectations got really high because they had Samuel L. Jackson and um, uh, Charles Barkley, and they just had like a great cast of people. But I didn't feel like those personalities were entwined enough within the show. Yeah. Um, and then there wasn't as much trash talk embedding as I think everyone wanted. I think it just very seriously got really competitive and real serious and so the guys just stopped talking to each other um and so yeah. i think that was missing i think what they should do i i suspect that they're gonna do this three times they're gonna go with the boxing route and uh have a repeat of this because i assume that it, it was pretty successful and highly watched i know twitter like blew up that day it was definitely the big thing on twitter um and I think what they should do is get more celebrities and guests involved. And instead of worrying about Tiger and Phil betting against each other, they should just let the celebrities be betting live and have that all get donated to charity. I think yeah. that would be uh, a lot more fun because then every single hole will have some side bet that they can kind of continue to talk about. Yeah, dude, it's, I, I was watching it too. And I don't know, my, I, I kind of went back and forth. Like originally I was like, I'm not going to fucking watch this. Like, you know, it's just, uh, as you know, I'm I'm a pretty big sports fan and I love golf, but originally I was like, eh, like, but then that, that day I was like, it just, I just started, started to get into it. And I ended up, I went to, I went to, originally I went to a bar, like long story short, it was like Black Friday and some, some of my family and my girlfriend was like doing something. So I was like, oh, I'll just like walk into this bar and watch it for an hour. And because it was like originally on pay pay per view, and then I realized that it was it ended up being free yeah. because of because of some technical difficulties. So I ended up watching the rest of it on my um, my iPad at home. But dude, it was really interesting in the sense of um, I feel like there's a few things like kind of you pointed out, which is the trying to say, hey, these two people are going to kind of bet back and forth and trash talk. When if it's just a one on one golf match, dude, of course it gets really competitive, and you could tell they both kind of zeroed in. Like the back nine, it was like, oh shit, like I need to focus and I need yeah. to play. And you know, the whole like it was the the world that's watching is just watching them too. You could tell it it tightened up. And um, in terms of golf, that was great, but um, I felt like, dude, to put it bluntly, I was just like this is kind of two old dudes playing golf. Like <laughs> it wasn't really that exciting. The only, I felt like the, the 17th chip in for tiger was awesome. And it was exciting. And that was like a 10 second excitement. And you're like, okay, like something's here now. Like it's ha like, there is like, I, they allowed for it to become a playoff hole type of situation. Yeah. But outside of that, it was like, this is boring golf. And yeah. so I think the question is, how do they, like you're pointing out, like what do they do or how do they incorporate other people or things to make this more engaging and exciting? Um, because clearly it had attention from the, the world, but it was just boring golf, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just didn't, they just didn't play well. Here's a par, here's a par, here's, here's a birdie. And then here's a par, par, par. Like, it's just like when you watch the masters, it's because there's 20 or 50 people that could actually like, do something yeah. that you're like that's why it's interesting you know so i don't know i think that that's what they learned yeah i totally agree and yeah they just didn't play very well so like there were very few birdies and so pars and bogeys just is not fun golf to be watching no. and uh 
Yeah, and that playoff hole was super weird also because they, like, hit off a putting green and Tiger couldn't even hit the green on two of those shots. So that no was kind of weird. But I did like the style. They said they they were very smart to set that up to have the lights and have a place that they could play into the dark. They yeah. they did hit a home run with that piece. Um, <clears throat> but sports and our passions aside, uh, talk about the more important passion that you have, Founders Live. So last night, Earshot was the winner. Tell us about Earshot. Yeah. Um, first of all, like just – awesome event um the five companies we had pitching they all had just great like the pitches are just continually getting better uh but the one the company that actually uh won the event was earshot so ear the earshot app.com is their uh url um basically they say you know at earshot we're combining voice analysts and deep learning to help people communicate more effectively in the areas of your life, effective communication creates healthy environments that promote trust, improving understanding, and foster creativity. Um, basically, they are using this system analyzes in real time what you say and how you say it, and helps provide <clears throat> like understanding and and teaching on like how it breaks down communication and basically like helps people learn um, to adjust and improve their their what they're saying in communication and it's really really interesting so you know they're clearly they, they are focusing on education as well but not only was it a great pitch like she had great pacing she delivered it in a way that was pretty like meaningful but i think like in terms of so um so earshot uses voice um analysts and machine learning to automate feedback about communications and you can start to see how this through AI and how machine learning is just going to like, it's almost like the in real time translation applications. I think this falls into like, Oh my gosh, like if you actually have this thing that's monitoring and analyzing um, real time communication and giving you feedback pretty much in real time, you know, what can you do with that? And, yeah. and how can it improve? How can it can improve people's communication? How can it improve from culture to culture and language to language it just there's some interesting stuff so um uh and to note also female founder and that's now 11 straight female that's the whole year that's incredible (laughs) the whole year and i actually made a pretty big point about that so that that was really cool yeah that's that's amazing um yeah i feel like there's something that needs to be done with that uh oh this kind of idea top of my head have you thought about doing like a founders live after the show kind of thing like it's probably hard to get all 11 female founders in one room but it kind of be cool to do like a follow-up with all of them because that is like such a unique cohort of people that it just might be interesting to do profiles on them and kind of see what oh for sure the year. yeah you know like um follow-ups like you know um you know kind of what's happening now with you know because we have a hall of fame as we talked about and yep you know there, there's just a ton of winners and you know i think it'd be great to do updates and whatnot the thing is it's just it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time and you know when when founders live has more of a team that can can actually do that like that's their full-time job is like you know you go through go through your like this team focuses on the previous winners do research 
whether it's through Crunchbase, AngelList, or reaching out to the companies and do a profile on, you know, six months later, a year later, you know, they've done XYZ or they've raised money. That for sure is going to happen. It's just like, it's, it's, that falls into the nice to have. We don't have the, like, we don't have the talent or the creative, like, um, time to do that. Yeah. But uh, it's a great idea and we will definitely do it. Yeah, at some point you can definitely get to that. Yeah. Well, shout out to those uh, 11 companies, the women-led companies. That is just – that's so awesome to see. Um, and so it's encouraging really, yeah. and inspiring. It's really cool. Shout out to Earshot. Congratulations for them for winning. I think it's a super interesting product. To play devil's advocate against it, I'm very curious about what teachers are going to think about this because it teachers are already scrutinized. They're already undervalued, underpaid. And so I see that there's a, there's a possibility that this could be used in a negative way against them, um, right? Like kind of recording their entire teaching session. But on the flip side, it provides an immense amount of value and helping them, like, how do we ask better questions? And am I talking too much? Should I have the students be talking more? I think there's so much valuable data there. I just hope that it gets used and put in the right hands so that it doesn't become a way to, like, evaluate teachers and critique teachers, and it actually becomes a supportive tool to uh, lift them up because uh, teachers, I think, are the backbone of this country. They're so underutilized. They deserve more money, more resources, more support. And uh, I hope that this can be a platform to give them that because they yeah. deserve it. No, I agree, man. I agree. So onto the new topic, we're going to talk about the app that we're using right now, Anchor. And so uh, for all of you listening, especially all of you who uh, listen here directly on the Anchor app, but we use this app, uh, I think they launched like two years ago, and they just launched a new feature that sports sponsorship for lots of different creators. And and I was just playing around with it this morning where you can do is I could insert it in this episode. So uh, – I haven't inserted it in the episode, but very possible you listened to this and you heard me read a sponsorship in the beginning. Uh, that was just because I was testing it out. I want to see what happens uh, and if it brings Nick and I any value here. So, Nick, with the opportunity that our small little podcast has uh, for sponsorship, who are different types of brands that you would just be so pumped to read an ad roll for or support here on the show? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, to start with, you know, I have any of us that have listened to the major, like, whatever podcast you listen to, it's, um, you get that, you know, you get that, like, reading of the sponsor. And it's it's great that it's, like, read by um, the host. I think that that's a nice, natural way to do it. But I, you know, sponsorships are, you know, they're there for a reason. Um, so I think like if we were going to, I guess I, as I read the question, if we needed to have someone there or we're blessed to have someone there, you know, I think, um, it's a good question, but I'll wrap it into this. And so founders live has a new newly formed, um, sponsor partnership with Google cloud for startups. Oh, wow. Congratulations. And, yeah, thanks. And I, I, I would just say, like, I think, you know, whether you look at Google, Microsoft, Amazon, you know, kind of those three major big tech companies, um, I'm really starting to le- I'm learning a lot more and enjoying uh, Google and Google Cloud 
for startups. And then there's a division that's Google for entrepreneurs as well. And um, they offer a ton of different, you know, resources, services, technologies that are provided to startups and entrepreneurs. And so I think I would say, like, I think it'd be really cool to to wrap in, into the show, to wrap Google and what they offer and how they are, you know, the, as they play in, into the, the cloud um, the, the cloud offerings and what they provide. I, I just, I, I like what they're doing, man. So um, it would be cool to see Google step in and back this. Google, yeah, you want to step in and back us? We fully will let you in. <laughs> uh, cool. I'm, I'm definitely curious to learn more about uh, those tools from Google. And I bet people here would. Maybe we should add that as just a topic. Um, and you, if you're, if you're wanting to yep. just discuss some of those tools that I, that's helpful to me. So I assume it's helpful to some other people. Yeah. Let's put it on, uh, remember to put it on next week and we'll talk about it. Cool. Um, yeah, as far as sponsorships that I'd be interested in, just to like give a little plug, some of the services that I've been using this year, starting to grow my business. Uh, one is a accounting bookkeeping app called zero, uh, X E R O. And I'm working with a local company, shout out to Luke at TimberTax uh, here in Seattle. And they help uh, freelancers and entrepreneurs with their bookkeeping. And because that's been so pivotal, pivotal in my business, especially the last couple of months, like just understanding my numbers and where I'm at financially, uh, it'd be cool to see them because I'm using them every day. I've also been using Canva as a design service, which mm-hmm. is a lot of free opportunities there it would be super cool to see them um sponsor the podcast as well and lastly i would say like anyone local a local business in seattle like it would be so cool if it was like brought to you by fremont brewing or mm-hmm. Elysian brewing or uh best cafe right some of these like local businesses that people know i think that would just be super awesome to have one yeah yeah um it's... oh go ahead I was just say that that's cool. And I think it's just a matter of for them, you know, is their budget, you know, they would want to know the, re- the, the listenership and is the reach actually meaningful for them. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, this is like in my world, right? Like I, I think about like, what are the right ways to craft a quote sponsorship or, you know, like partnership concept that is affordable, that does bring, return for those those companies you know whatever they're paying they do see the return you know for founders live you know really in the end with our events we we offer a position to step in person step on stage and basically deliver your commercial and um that's meaningful because they're in a room full of hundreds of people and like there's it's almost like you can't even you can't even quantify how impactful that can be depending on how good that person is on stage and what they say. Um, so it's interesting and just trying to like figure out the right ways to structure a, a program that, that benefits all parties, you know, it's not easy, but if you can do that and you could start involving some local companies that just want exposure and get their message out, like it would be great to have that. Well, we'll keep on working on it. Uh, any of you out there who have suggestions or uh, let us know what you would think as well. Awesome. Hey, I want to jump in and um, there's one of the topics that I, I feel like this is really, I'm almost trying to figure out, do I really like this or not? But um, this concept of, okay, bird and bird is um, 
one of the main players in the kind of scooter space and um you know the the electronic scooters and what they've released is this like ability for it's almost like a franchise people can basically buy in and manage a fleet of their own quote birds and basically like run their own business um deploying and managing scooters in the city and i was just wondering like dude what do you think about that do you think this opens up and the whole general direction do you think it opens up a whole new direction for uh, the new generation of franchises in these sort of like um you know mobile the the mobile mobility space and like these like new ways it's almost like you know the ability to like run a fleet of of uber cars or whatever that that kind of concept what do you think about it i i have mixed feelings and there's not enough information out there about how it's actually going to work because you have to buy the scooters up front and then it sounds like you're still responsible for charging them so if i bought five scooters which i bet would cost me maybe hopefully $2,500, it's $500 a scooter. Um, and that's, uh, I've been looking into buying my own electric scooter. I use public transportation so much where if I could get a good, reliable scooter for 500 bucks, like I'm highly interested in buying one. And, uh, but if you have to go and retrieve those five scooters from wherever they end up, that is what, what doesn't make sense to me. Because going out, you, you need a truck or you need a big car. You need to go find them. You need to be able to like pull over and grab the scooters, come back, and then charge them and pay for the electricity to charge them, which I have no clue how much that would cost. And that just kind of seems to be missing the point for uh, for the usage of it. But I, I rode a scooter down in San Diego. I rode it like two miles to an In-N-Out, and it cost me $6. And Amanda rode another one, so it was probably $12 total. So to make $12 on that scooter, hopefully you would get a bunch more rides that day. And then it, I would have to go pick it up. It's, it's, it's close to, is this actually worth it? And that becomes a big burden because you have to go pick it up every single night. And so I'm just not sure if the economics makes sense for these scooters. I'm not sure, but I think it was a really creative idea by them. Like shout out to them. For having people that are interested in going out and if they were able to launch here in seattle i would certainly consider doing it because i would use it all the time and i'm sure other people here in the downtown area would as well and so it it'll be interesting unfortunately we're never going to get these things here in seattle they're in tacoma uh but yeah i'm i'm skeptical how about you uh, what why would you say we won't we won't get them here I mean, we haven't gotten them to this point because the city said no. Um, and the article is interesting, too, because San Francisco's really in the same boat where the city the city saw the bikes. We actually launched new Uber bikes this past week. I don't know if you've seen the red bikes. Mm-hmm. Suck. Yeah, um, suck. And they're way uglier than all the other bikes, in my opinion. <laughs> they're no they're one, like, no yeah, one's going like, to ride okay, those things. What color can what color should we be? You know, it's like all the kind of cool looking colors have been taken. So they had to be different and yeah, red doesn't, I, I don't think it looks good. Um, secondly, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it's an interesting, we've talked about this before and I think the whole, the whole industry is, it's really interesting to me, <clears throat> both positively and negatively. Um, I honestly don't, 
I can't really tell like where this is going to go. There is a future where it's like, we have all these like things that we can ride and use to move around the city and they're not using gas. So that's great. But I also, um, I, I, I have a little bit of a frustration bone in me about the amount of money that's going into these. And it's like, Oh, it's a scooter company. And, you know, I, I'm probably not giving it as much credit as, as it probably deserves, but it's just like the lemmings of VC, you know, as they just follow everyone else, they just pour so many billions of dollars in this thing. And I'm just like, okay, it's frustrating. Um, But uh, in terms of the running their own fleet, I think in the end it's a really interesting, like there's, there's something there. If you empower others to operate a fleet. So you just mentioned like, oh, you got to go and charge it. Well, that's part of the deal, right? So they're basically leveraging a crowd of people or companies around in the cities that they're in. They're leveraging others' energy and time to then get distribution and operate the fleet. Uh, Because internally, if you don't do this, internally you have employees that are basically the ones that on a daily basis they go and grab the scooters that are spread out around the, around the city that are left in random places and they then charge them and put them back into popular spots to be found again. And so I think they're looking at like, how do we, how do we cost effectively operate this thing without having to pay a ton of people to go do what they're doing? And their solution is let's have others run a business and do the work for us. And we just take a 20% fee off it or whatever. And I think that that, that there's something there that seems interesting. Um, I, I honestly, like I wouldn't do it in terms of, I wouldn't run my fleet because you, you in the end will realize that you're just kind of like this, you're this working bee making a little bit of money for this larger company. Um, so that, that's to me, like, I think it would be too much hassle for the amount of money that you get back, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, and it's an opportunity to make money, right? Just like Uber and all this stuff. Like, yes, you get to be your own boss, kind of. Um, and it provides some autonomy for you to, uh, right, have a little bit extra freedom, whether that's pay like, for an extra yeah, vacation let me, let me or put, get Christmas gifts. Yeah, let me put it this way. If it's a smart business owner, they're going to just do the same thing, which is they're going to buy 100, and they're going to hire people to go be the ones that are charging and um, – organizing the the fleet around the city so you're not going to have someone that buys 10 and is freaking running around everywhere trying to charge these things like that's that's it's like a franchisee that buys mcdonald's is not the one flipping the burgers so i think i think that like if you're a smart business person you see like oh i can make a huge margin and employ some people and they're the ones that can do the grunt work you know i mean so i think that that's that's the way i view it but I, I wouldn't probably get into this business. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough. And it'll be interesting to see. I hope I hope eventually they launch here with the winter coming. And this is related to the new Uber bike. Like, just no one rides these things. It's not safe to ride these things mm-hmm. uh, when it's when it's raining and everything's wet and it's cold. Uh, so we'll see what kind of what happens. I think when when the, the snow blows over, because Bird still hasn't gone through a winter season yet. So when all these things go through the winter, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, We did have one more topic this week, but I'm actually going to bump it to next week because we're reaching – we've been here for 25 minutes. I think that's like the perfect amount 
uh, yeah. show for us. And so, Nick, ending episode 32 of the Catching Up podcast, do you have any parting words or asks of the people listening to our show today? Yeah, just uh, check out Founders Live. A lot of great stuff going on. Um, check if Founders Live is in your city. If not, reach out to us and we will work on getting a Founders Live event in your city. But uh, hopefully have a good weekend. And um, yeah, looking forward to talking with you next week. Excellent. I appreciate you as always for joining the show. Uh, a little plug for me on next Thursday, that is uh, December 6th, I believe. I am speaking on a panel at a cafe slash interior design studio called Mark Blackwell, This Life. It's downtown. Cool. Uh, it's kind of right by the West End. It's a vegan foodie forum. It's like an event where they're going to be having wine tasting and vegan snacks. And they're doing a panel of a bunch of social media influencers to talk about kind of the state of vegan restaurants and vegan food here in the city of Seattle. If you're interested, let me know. Shoot me a tweet or an Instagram DM. Uh, and I will work on getting you awesome. on the list. But uh, thanks again for listening to the show. Uh, and Nick, I hope you enjoy the rest of your Friday. Keep kicking ass, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks, man. Yep, see you later.